0: Good morning, church. How are you today? So good to be with you. Can you remember a time when you feel like you've had enough? In fact, just this past weekend, my, my wife and I got into one scrap. <laughs> and you know how it goes, right? It starts off with something really little. And then it starts to escalate and escalate and before you know it it's a full-blown war and my wife she has had enough and I I've had enough and we both have had enough and finally my wife comes to her senses (laughs) and she comes crawling to me on her hands and knees just like how it should be right man And my wife comes crawling to me on her hands and knees. And she says, Thomas, you get out from under the bed and you fight like a man. (laughs) In all seriousness, there are times though, aren't there, when we feel like we've had enough. Maybe right now you're in a season in life where you feel like you've had enough. Well, you're not alone. In fact, there is a powerful and godly prophet in the Bible. And it's hard to believe that. But even he had enough. And his name is Elijah. And the story of when Elijah had enough is found in 1 Kings chapter 19. And so if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. I love this story of Elijah so much that I like to preach uh, this story maybe once every other year, once every couple of years because it gives me so much encouragement. And I pray that it would provide you with some encouragement this morning as well. Before we jump into the text, let me give you some historical information. In this passage of scripture, you'll meet a few characters. The first person that you'll meet is Ahab. Ahab is the king of Israel. Now Ahab, he's a thumbs-down king. In fact, the Bible says that Ahab does more evil in the sight of the Lord than all the other kings that preceded him. The second person that you'll meet in this passage of scripture is Jezebel. And Jezebel is ahab's wife and sorry to disappoint you church but jezebel is a thumbs down wife in fact the bible says in first kings chapter 16 that ahab and jezebel commit a serious sin and the sin that they commit is that they worship this false god named baal and to make matters worse They build this false god named Baal, a temple of worship. And God is fed up. And so enters our hero, Elijah, the third character that you'll meet in this story. Elijah is this godly, powerful prophet of the Lord. Now in 1 Kings chapter 18, we find that Elijah... Has a throwdown with all 450 of these false prophets of Baal. Elijah battles against these 450 prophets of Jezebel, and Elijah slaughters all of these prophets on Mount Carmel. And we all love 1 Kings chapter 18. At least I do. I love First Kings chapter 18. It's uh, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. For it speaks of victory and success and winning the battle for God. But we're not in 1 Kings chapter 18 today. Bummers. Instead, we're in 1 Kings chapter 19, which tells us a different story. We're continuing our series, The Great Comebacks. And most times, in a typical great comeback, what we see is a person moves from a place of defeat to a place of victory. But not so in this story of Elijah. In this story, what we find is we find that Elijah comes from a place of victory to a place of defeat. And so what do we do in those times? Well, let's take a look at Elijah's story. In 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 1, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says that Ahab, the king of Israel, told Jezebel, which is his wife, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me. And more also, if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. And so Jezebel receives word that Elijah has slayed all 450 of her prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And she is beside herself. She is steaming. She is angry. She wants blood. She wants revenge. And so she puts a hit on Elijah's life. And she dispatches a messenger to give Elijah 24-hour notice of his death sentence. She sends a messenger with a death threat. Now, you would think Elijah being the powerful prophet that he is, that he would, his response would be something like, yeah, right. Or, please, or nanny nanny boo boo, you cannot catch me, (laughs) or local style, something like, what bruh, you like scrap, (laughs) or if Elijah, maybe he, if he was a Chinese guy like me, if Elijah was a Chinese prophet, perhaps his response would be something like, so, you think you can fight, yah. That's the kind of response we would expect from a powerful prophet. But take a look at what the Bible says next. In verse 3, the Bible says this. It says, then Elijah was afraid. And he got up and fled for his life. And came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. Listen to Elijah's prayer here. Listen carefully. He prays, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. The Bible says that Elijah is afraid for his life and he takes off running. In a moment of despair, Elijah flees. Now you would think that Elijah would remember that great victory on Mount Carmel in 1 Kings chapter 18, but he doesn't. Instead, He has had enough. At the moment, Elijah is this overwhelmed and burnt out prophet of the Lord. He has had enough. You would think that Elijah would faithfully do what God has called him to do, and he's tried. But it looks like Jezebel is the winner. And he feels defeated. He feels like a failure. Elijah has had enough. It is enough. Those three words so accurately describe the human condition of many of us at one time or another, doesn't it? The calling is too difficult. The cost is too much. The load, it's too heavy. It is enough. The journey is too hard. That mountain, it's too steep. That road, that road is too long. It is enough. I give up, I quit, I surrender. It is enough. Like Elijah, maybe you're at a point in your life where you're feeling like you've had enough. Maybe the storms of life are overwhelming you. And if it's not one thing, then it's another. And you're feeling like you've had enough. Maybe you've had enough of the family drama. Maybe you've had enough of the mountain of bills. Maybe you've had enough of watching a loved one suffer through a sickness. Maybe you've had enough of the bullying that you are experiencing in school or on social media. Maybe at this point in your life you're feeling kind of tired and restless and angry and depressed and empty and worried and alone. And the cry of your heart is, it is enough. For those of you who feel like maybe you've had enough, I believe that you are here not by accident. I believe that God has a word of hope and encouragement for you this morning. You see, Elijah may feel like he has had enough, but God hasn't given up on Elijah. And he's not going to give up on you. In fact, let's take a look at what happens to Elijah next. In verse 5, it says this. It says, suddenly, an angel touched Elijah and said to him, get up and eat. And Elijah looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And Elijah ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time. Touched him and said to him, get up and eat. Otherwise the journey will be too much for you. So Elijah ate and drank and went in the strength of that food. Forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. Elijah's enemy, Jezebel, sends a messenger to give Elijah as a death threat. Well, the Lord God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, sends a messenger of his own, an angel. An angel wakes Elijah up and gives Elijah some hot bread to eat and a jar of water to drink. This is exciting stuff. See, you have to understand where Elijah is. Elijah is in the desert. Friends, there are no ono local kind grinds in the desert. The lesson for us this morning is this. When you've had enough, God will renew your strength. When you need God, he will be there for you. And God is not dependent on circumstances to help you. Elijah had bread and water in a place that should have neither. Because God is looking out for Elijah. And God will do the same for you. And so when you've had enough, remember, God will renew your strength. Then let's take a look at what happens next to Elijah. Verse 11. The word of the Lord said to Elijah... Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Then after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. Interesting. Elijah was probably expecting God to show up in some big, grandiose kind of way. Perhaps in the, in the wind or the earthquake or the fire. But instead, God shows up in the silence. You see, sometimes we cry out to God. And we pray and we plead and we beg. But there doesn't seem to be any response. Just silence. No dramatic miracles. No change in circumstances. Just sheer silence. And we wonder, God... Are you there? It's at those times that you need to remember this. Listen carefully. Just because God appears to be silent, don't make the mistake of concluding that God is absent. Let me say that again. Just because God appears to be silent, don't make the mistake of concluding that God is absent. Here, God shows Elijah that he he is present, not only in the wind and the earthquake and the fire, but in the sound of sheer silence. Here's the lesson for us this morning. When you've had enough, God will reassure you of his presence. He is the God who is next to us every moment of every day. God is present and intimately concerned about every single detail of your life. You will never go through a dark day alone because God not only promises his power, but God promises his presence. And so when you've had enough, remember, God will reassure you of his presence. Then let's take a look at what happens to Elijah next. In verse 15, the Bible says this. It says, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael as king over Aram. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat of abel Meholah, as prophet in your place. Here, Elijah, his assignment is being reaffirmed by God. In essence, God is saying to Elijah, dude, you're still my guy. I have a work that I want to do through you. I have a purpose and a plan for your life, Elijah. And so God reaffirms Elijah's assignment. And here's the lesson for us. When you've had enough, God will reaffirm your assignment. Some of you might be in a place where you feel like you've had enough. Don't quit. Don't give up. You see, you are not your own. You can't just quit because you didn't just join. You didn't choose God, but God chose you. And God has a work that he wants to do Through you. God has an assignment on your life. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. God has a calling over your life. And so when you've had enough, remember this. That God will reaffirm your assignment. Perhaps God's word for you this morning is this. Give God your best. Give God your absolute best effort. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep moving. Keep driving. Keep going. Like Elijah, there will be times in our lives when we feel like we've had enough. Don't quit. Keep driving. Keep moving. Don't stop. God has not forgotten you. And God is committed to meeting your needs. And when you feel like you've had enough, remember this. Remember that God will renew your strength. God will reassure you of his presence. And God will reaffirm your assignment. Amen.